I want to see if you can uh, relate with me for a moment. Maybe you've seen this movie. Have you seen the movie Castaway? Raise your hand if you've seen the movie Castaway. Yeah? So I would say better than half. Maybe 65 to 70% of you have seen Castaway. How many of you seen the movie Castaway more than 10 times? I thought there might be a, a few of you here. How many more than 15 times? Anybody willing to admit they've seen the movie at least 20 times? Okay. So, I'm in good company. <laughs> uh, we tend to do crazy things like that in my family. I know that you guys don't do that kind of thing. But when we find a movie that we like, we just beat that thing to death. The Green Mile, the list goes on and on. Tombstone, we've just seen those movies over and over and over again. Well, in this movie, <coughs> The Castaway, Tom Hanks, who plays the part of, do any of you know the name? Chuck Nolan, okay? Chuck Nolan, who is a FedEx executive in the company, and he's en route to Malaysia when his plane encounters a terrible storm, and the storm causes the plane to go down in the Pacific Ocean. Not good, to say the least. All right? Now, Noland is the only survivor of this crash, and in a life raft, he drifts ashore to an uninhabited island. There is nobody there to help him. No one else has survived this crash. And so now, this man that is used to the hustle and the bustle of business and keeping track of every second and making sure the packages arrive on time, this guy, who has no prior training in survival skills, has to find a way to do just that. He's got to find a way to survive on this island. One of the most important things that Mr. Noland has to do is to figure out a way to build a fire. Okay? And while he's doing this, there's some things that he tries, and obviously not being an expert in building fires from wood uh, without something to start it with can be a problem. All right? So we've all seen how people try to start with sticks and things like that. Well, here's Mr. Nolan, and he's trying to figure out a way to do this. Now, we know that fire can do a lot of things, especially when you are in the wilderness, okay? It, it, give me some ideas as to what fire can be used for. Okay, warmth, cooking, 
Purify water? Light? Huh? Alert, yes. Keeping wild animals away. Yeah, you guys, you guys pretty much hit them all. All right. So you, you, you can use it for keeping warm, for signaling, for cooking, for protection. All right. You, you certainly want that to protect yourself from any wild animals. You don't know what's around, right? What about this? How easy would it be to slip into a place of hopelessness out in the wilderness? Whereas, if you can build a fire, a fire is well known to bring and represent hope for someone who is trying to survive. Mr. Noland, (laughs) gotten ahead of me. So, Mr. Noland tries many different things to get this fire started, one of which is the spinning of the stick on another stick of some sort, and I'm sure they have names for all those things, which I ain't got. So he takes one stick, and he's going like this. You know, he's spinning that stick as fast as he can, and there's one on the bottom, right? And he's, he's got this little hole notched in there, and he's, he's trying to to shake the stick, to spin the stick as fast as he can, to try to create some sort of friction. And and we know that friction creates heat, and the hope is that he'll be able to create enough heat to make a spark of some sort and be able to build this fire. Well, in this instance, Chuck beats his hands all up, and they're bleeding. Okay, and so he's, he keeps trying and trying and trying, and after several failed attempts, his hands are beat up and bleeding, he's frustrated, and he's mad, and he just picks it up, and he just whips it at a rock. Bam. And so he tries another way. The next thing you see is him, he's trying to, he's got this piece of wood with a groove down the center of it, okay? And now now he's taking a stick and he's pushing it along the center of this groove in an effort to maybe save his hands and to, again, create that friction, okay? Now, but again, after numerous failures... Chuck just cannot get this thing to start. He's frustrated. He's angry. He's he's, he's hurting. And after he he throws that piece of wood against the rock, well, he notices that after picking it up, that it kind of split down the center. And so instead of finding another piece, he just continues to use that piece and continues to to push back and forth as fast as he can to create enough friction. But this time, there is a bit different response. Okay? This time, it creates a little bit of smoke. All right? Now, he gets pretty excited at at the sight of this smoke, and he looks over at his buddy Wilson, who's watching from a distance... Now, Wilson 
is, in fact, a volleyball that has become a friend of his and throughout the movie keeps him company and so on. So, with much effort to his surprise, he begins to see a little smoke, and he yells to Wilson. Do you remember what he said? Anybody? The air got to it! The air got to it! And I'm just trying to sound like him. And so, now, with this... So what happened was the wood was split and allowed the air, as he's pushing the stick on there, right, allowed the air to get to this, to allow the airflow to help in the making of this flame or the smoke, okay? So with renewed determination, he digs out some of the sand from underneath these pieces of wood, which gives it even more air and a better chance Now, having all of the proper tools, if you will, to make a fire, he succeeds at creating just a tiny, tiny ember, if you will, a tiny little coal of fire, okay? And so he then takes the tinder, which is uh, little just fibers, if you will, little fibers of wood and, and different things that are real dry that'll catch really fast. And then from there, he puts on little pieces of kindling, little sticks, and it, this, this begins to come into a flame. And boy, he excited. He's all excited, and then he's, be, he's able to put larger pieces of wood. You can see how excited this man is. Look at that. Now, Mr. Nolan proceeds to dance around this monstrous fire that he has created, singing what more of a fitting song than, come on, baby, light my fire. (laughs) What a perfect song to sing while dancing around a fire that you have made. Thank you for your patience in my analogy here. Fire in the life of a believer represents many things, okay? In the Bible, there are so many different references to fire. And if we were to go through, which we may over the next few weeks here, um, fire can represent punishment. Fire can represent power. Fire can represent purification or or testing um, and so on. But there's something else that it can also represent, and it can represent the Holy Spirit as well, okay? And in the lives of believers, it is important for us to continue to tend that fire. What does that mean? What does that mean to tend the fire? The fire is inside of us, the flame of love that we have for God, the Holy Spirit that is inside of us. It is essential for us to continue to feed that flame. If we, so listen, if you're out camping someplace and you start a fire, 
You can't just leave it alone. Okay, I got my fire started. I'm all ready to go. What's next on my list of stuff to do? We got the fire done. What do we, we got to do next? Right? Find a bathroom. That's a good thing to find. <laughs> all right. So you can't just leave that fire or what's going to happen? It's going to go out. Absolutely. You guys are smart. That fire is going to go out eventually. Last night, I burned coal for heat. We got home from the Iron Sharpens Iron conference yesterday, which was amazing, awesome. If you were not able to go this year, don't miss it next year. It's amazing. All right? November the 2nd? Is that when it is? Next year. Wow. They got it all right. November 2nd, next year, put, put it on your calendar now. Ladies, this ain't for you. All right. So back. So last night, I'm starting a fire in my coal stove with coal that is already in there. Normally, that's a no-no, but with my extravagant skills in fire starting, I didn't think I needed to empty it. So, actually, it could be considered laziness. <laughs> so in my laziness, I did not empty the firebox of my coal stove, and so I'm trying to start a fire on top of a six-inch bed of coals, of coal, I should say. It's not burned, but what has happened is this coal has settled down tight. Okay, so I try to start this fire. Fire starts great. And next thing you know, the fire is out. And I'm like, come on. what is?" So sometimes that happens when you're building a fire. All right. So I start another fire. And it's going great. I put some more kindling on it this time, figuring that's going to be enough to get this coal going. And if you've ever burned coal before, you know that it takes more to start coal burning than it does wood, okay? So you've got to get coal, you've got to get a fire started, keep it at a, you know, a certain temperature for a while for that coal to get going, all right? So I figured this one was good enough. Next thing I know, that fire's out too. And I'm getting a little bit perturbed. <laughs> a little bit perturbed. I'm tired and I'm lazy, so now I'm working on, yes, my third fire to get this coal star stove running. This time I get it going, and every time it starts up, bam, it starts great, and, and I'm, it looks like it's going to keep going, and so I put even more kindling on this fire, thinking it's going to go. Well, it starts to die again, and I'm like, you ain't going to die on me this time. And so I'm just thinking, what could be the problem with this fire? It won't stay going. It had the proper draft, and, but there was one thing that it was not getting. All right. What had happened was the coal had settled so much underneath this fire of mine that no air was getting up through the bottom to feed the airflow of heat. And so I remembered a friend of mine telling me that sometimes he had to take 
a rod and stick it down through the middle of the fire. All the way down through the coal, right to the bottom of the stove in an effort to create that airflow. So I took a, a, a metal pole and I stuck it down in, in through the fire four times. Bam. Immediately that fire took off. Isn't that odd? There was not sufficient airflow to feed that fire enough to keep it going. Isn't that weird? Wow. Friends, I use these analogies so that we will remember as believers, as Christians, as followers of Jesus Christ, that the flame within us needs tending constantly. It's not a one time you start the fire and that's it, baby. You can dance around it forever. It doesn't happen that way. It needs constant tending. It needs feeding. All right? I remember my grandfather, when we would have cookouts, Grandpa Harry, does anybody remember Grandpa Harry Peck? A few of you do. He, he was a master at cooking chicken on the grill. But sometimes he would have a hard time getting that fire just right. And so he would stand there with a paper plate for a long time, just bending over, just fanning that thing. Just fanning that thing just to get it just right. All right? And when you're fanning it, of course, it provides more oxygen and more airflow, which builds the fire. In the same way, brothers and sisters, our spiritual flame needs to be fed and it needs to be tended constantly. We can't just start the fire and then forget about it. It doesn't work. That fire will eventually go down to coals and then it'll go out. Would you turn with me in your Bibles to Romans Chapter 12, if you have your Bibles, feel. If you don't have your Bibles, feel. Thank you. (laughs) Romans chapter 12. Pastor Randy's going to think I've lost my mind. Well, he probably already does, so I guess it's not a big deal. Verses 11 through 13. I'm going to start back just a little bit farther. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in prayer, or devoted to one another in love. Boy, that sounds familiar, doesn't it? Honor one another above yourselves. Now listen. This version is a little bit different, but it says, Never be lacking in zeal or fire. But keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. And so the focus here is verse 11. Never be lacking in zeal, spiritual fervor, a fire, a passion. The psalmist said, zeal for your house has consumed me. Do you have that kind of zeal 
for God's house? Do you have that kind of passion? I can't wait to get to church on Sunday morning. (laughs) Never be lacking in, in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Friends, it's easy. Why do you think he's reminding us of these things? Because we have a tendency to do that very thing. We have a tendency to lose our spiritual fervor. We have a tendency to lose our passion. And you know what? Sometimes we even get lazy. Now, I know you guys don't do that. I know it doesn't happen to you. But sometimes... With some people, they get lazy. Sometimes I'm just too tired to get up to go to church on Sunday morning. I'm just too tired. Or I've got other things to do. Friends, the flame needs to be fed. The flame needs to be tended. When we are not here together in church on Sunday morning, our fire is not being tended. Our fire is at risk of going out. Our fire is so very important in our lives, friends. It is the It is the core of who we are. It is the thing that keeps us alive. And if it is not fed, if it is not fanned into flame. Wow, where have we heard that before? Let's turn. Let's turn to Timothy. Second Timothy one verse six. Now listen to how this is presented. Second Timothy one six. For this reason I remind you to do what? <laughs> Fan into flame the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For the Spirit of God does not make us timid or shy, but gives us power of love and self-discipline. For this I remind you, to fan into flame like Grandpa Harry. You got that paper plate in your hand and you're just fanning that flame. You're tending your fire. You're feeding your fire. So let me ask you this. This kind of begs the question then. Well, what are we doing? We've got the reference. We've got the analogy of how the fire represents the Spirit of God in us. How then do we tend that fire? What are some things that we can do to tend and care for that fire inside of us? Let me hear you. Read the Word, man. Wow. That's the fuel. Jesus says, I am the bread of life, friends. 
right? I am the bread of life. All right? We need, we need nourishment to, to, to live, to be healthy, okay? So we need the Word of God to sustain us, to feed us. What else? Prayer, absolutely. Feeding on the Word of God. Prayer, all right? Fellowship, praise, love one another, worship. Do the Word, yeah. Active, active. What else? What else you got? Be kind to one another, okay. Yeah. Forgive, yeah. All right. If we had to, but if we had to be really put some parameters on this and to be really focused, laser focused on what things that we need and can do to feed those flames, reading the Word of God. Reading the Word of God. You can't get to know God unless you know His Word. You can't do what He says unless you know what He says. Yeah? Okay. Secondly, all right, so going to church, let's talk about that for a moment. Going to church, obviously very important, right? But it is not the in-all and end-all Okay, it is the main, probably the main place where we are able to feed that flame and to tend our fires, okay? But the tending, a lot of times, goes on outside of church as well, okay? So we're feeding that flame. What about, do not forsake the assembling together as some have gotten into the habit of doing. All right? The assembling together is so very, very important. I remember my wife was talking about the 15 or so years that I was on disability, and there was some Sundays that I couldn't be in church. And let's face it, I was feeling down and I was feeling depressed, and I was feeling abandoned, and I was feeling not like a man. I couldn't provide for my family. I couldn't, in the winter, I couldn't shovel my driveway. My lovely young wife had to be out shoveling our driveway. I couldn't carry anything. I was stuck most of the time in the house. And it was not fun at all. And it stripped me of my pride. And it forced me to depend on other people. And it forced me to depend on God. Because I couldn't do it myself. We couldn't do it ourselves as a family. We had to learn to trust God. We had to learn to depend on Him. And I want to tell you, without a doubt, with 100% certainty, God is faithful. And He will never, ever, ever 
abandon you. Never. He has promised that He will never leave us, nor forsake us. Hence, friends, the importance of feeding that flame, feeding that fire, tending that fire so that our flame will not go out. We've got to learn what our fire needs. And that is something that as a believer, we learn as time goes on. We learn what we need. I want to tell you a little something that has happened to me recently. I was able to um, attend a pastor's gathering up in Rochester. Brother Randy is familiar with it, uh, LAN. And um, maybe a couple of you here have gone with me at different times. But it's a gathering of pastors from all over the state. And uh, literally, they come from all over the place. And we are there together. And we worship together. It's kind of like packed, only like way bigger. And we don't, we're not able to work together as much as we do with packed because we're closer. Okay? So when I went there... I was feeling already depleted. I hadn't been able to go for a number of months. And I was just sensing that I I needed to go. But it's on my day off. (laughs) All right, you feel me, right? So, So I get up, I go. And... When I am there, just the atmosphere, <laughs> as I'm walking in, I'm, I'm hearing um, the brother Ryan just, and worship is just simple, it's just the guitar, all right? And uh, he's preparing and just getting ready, and I'm already feeling the Spirit of God moving in, the, in that place. And as we begin to worship together, it's just a bunch of guys, ain't none of them great singers, but we, we, we just worshiping. We're just worshiping God, and we're free. And where the Spirit of God is, there is what? Liberty. There's freedom. And friends, I just want to tell you, as we began to worship, I was just taking it in. And in a sense, I was overtaken. And I was like, wow. It was bringing tears to my eyes, and I was just noticing myself, like, wow, Have I really been this dry? Has it been this long since I have been to this place? Not to the gathering, but to this place with God. And I'm in church every Sunday. I'm, I'm on the worship team. I worship every Sunday. I worship every single day in my office. And yet, it was different. I was taking in. I was feeding that flame. I didn't realize even how low my flame had gotten until I got there. And I could feel, and I'm like, wow, it's been a while. Have you ever felt like that? It's been a while. It's been a while. And then sometime later, just this this week, I took three days and I went down to Covenant Acres and spent some time down there. I took Colin with me, 
And just to get away, to get out, and you guys hear me talk about this all the time, but for me, getting out in nature is just really important, especially this time of year. I'm not a hunter, so I don't, I don't hunt. I'm not in the woods to do that. But I was able to make time. I had to make the time, okay? And that's part of learning to tend your fire. Making the time, friends. And so I went down to this place, and they have a specific uh, lodge, if you want to call it that, on the premises where uh, pastors can stay. <clears throat> They've got it all set up. It's called the Eagle's Nest. It's called the Eagle's Nest. Like the restaurant we visited yesterday in Brockport. <laughs> the Eagle's Nest. And so while I'm there, we're out in the woods, and we're just walking trails, Sometimes we're not even walking trails. We're just walking in the woods. We're making our own trails. But being out in nature, away, there's no TV. No TV. Yes, there are places that exist that have no TVs. (laughs) And I did go. And I did survive. I did miss the Bills game, but I heard I did not miss much. But when I was there, I just spent time, a number of times a day in the Word. And you may have seen the pictures. I'm looking out this big bay window that must be 10 feet wide. And my feet are up on the windowsill. And I'm sitting, looking out this window. I got my coffee in one hand, my Bible in another hand. And I'm just reading, and I'm praying, and I'm soaking in the Word of God. And I'm I'm recharging my spiritual batteries. Yeah? Do you do that? What are the things that you do to recharge your spiritual batteries? What are the things that you do to tend the flame of God's Holy Spirit inside of you? Yesterday, my brothers and I went to Iron Sharpens Iron in Rochester. And as I'm there... I'm feeling that spirit, just the spirit of God there. And we're worshiping, and just a bunch, 400 men stink like a locker room. No, just kidding, just kidding. No, I'm really kidding. 400 men just praising the Lord, man. It was awesome. And once again, I'm like, wow, thank you, God. Just immerse me. Just immerse me in your spirit. Friends, it's it's so vitally important that we are feeding the flame of God's Holy Spirit in our lives so that we uh, are, are burning brightly. When we go out of our churches, are we effective in winning souls for Jesus? Are we, is our light shining for Christ Because if that passion, if that flame inside of you is going out or is dim or is only just little coals, your ability to be effective in winning and meeting the needs of other people shrinks drastically. Your care and compassion for other people shrinks drastically. You will be surprised at how much more effective you are, how much more 
willing and motivated you are to reach into somebody else's lives when you are on fire for Jesus. Because his love is just so passionate in you, you can't help but to share that love with somebody else. Amen? What are you doing with your own fire? Have you started it once and just let it go? What are you doing to tend your fire? How are you feeding the flame of God in your life? Would you stand with me today? I believe, I I just want to say this, in ministry itself, it is so easy to get to the point where you don't even recognize how dry you are. There's a scripture in the Bible, I believe it's in Isaiah, and it says, oh Lord, how I thirst for you in this dry and weary land, how I thirst for you. Have you ever seen the ground when it is parched and it has no moisture in it? It begins to do what? It begins to crack. What about your skin? It kind of does the same thing, doesn't it? There's no moisture. Your skin cracks, right? But then the rain comes and it drenches the ground and it nourishes all the things that are on the ground and in the ground. And it is the same way with our spirits. Our spirits become thirsty. And like me, sometimes we don't even recognize how thirsty our souls, our spirits are. Where are you today spiritually? Are you, is your flame burning bright as God would have it to be? Or is your flame barely surviving? Is your flame just a small little ember that needs to be fanned, that needs to be fed and tended? Where are you today? I can't can't say that. I can't answer that question. Only you you and God can answer that. I just want to give you a chance today. How foolish it would be to leave here today without giving the opportunity to come and just renew yourself with God. Recommit yourself to Him and to feed that flame. Brothers and sisters, don't hesitate. Don't allow yourself to do that. Don't allow that flame to go out. Heavenly Father, we just come before you today. God, we thank you for your word. Your word, Lord, heals us. Your word nourishes us. Your word, as it says in the Psalms, (laughs) is a light unto our path. A lamp, Lord, to our feet. Father, we pray that you would speak to our hearts today. We pray that, God, you would help us to be mindful that we need to tend those fires to feed those flames, O God. 
Help us not to let those fires die or to grow dim. But may they be a consuming fire that consumes and sets ablaze all those who come near it, Lord. May the love of Jesus Christ be so evident in us that it's infectious. That wherever we go, be it at the gas station, Walmart, and our homes, our schools, our workplaces, in our churches, may the fire of God, the flame of God, be so evident in us that there is no denying God's hand is at work in our lives.